fear is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. I'm vengeance. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. I'm Vengeance. Oh, yeah, we have a new character. New character alert. Oh, new character alert. Vengeance, not (laughs) the Batman. Oh, my God. Y'all, it's finally here. It is finally here. It's been a, been a long time coming. It's been delayed like three times. Seen that trailer a lot. A lot. Maybe too much. Good trailer, but we finally got our tookuses into the theater, and we have seen the three-hour noir epic that is Matt Reeves' The Batman. And let me tell you, I loved this movie. I sure did. You sure did. I sure did. I thought it nailed what it came here to do. I really liked it. I think it met expectations. But the one thing I was saying as we were leaving the theater is like, I don't really see myself rewatching this more than like once or twice. I don't either. But to me that, yeah, that that's not like to me, like necessarily a good or a bad thing. I think it's just like one, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to rewatch a three hour movie that much period, let alone a, three hour pretty dark movie but i just you know i i can't let that impact like my thoughts like coming out of the theater i was like this shit was awesome and yeah i'm I'm not gonna rewatch this like i did the dark knight or even like any of the movies in that trilogy because those are just like those are just the kind of movies that you can put on again and again well watch it when it's on tv and you're good to go This is not. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's important for me when I'm like kind of analyzing or reviewing a movie though is rewatchability. Like that's important to me because I am not a big rewatcher. So I don't know. Like I could definitely watch the Bale trilogy, at least the first two, definitely over and over again. And even like the Michael Keaton ones, like I've seen those so many times. And if they were on TV, I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pop in here. This movie... I don't see myself popping in for, but um, I don't have like necessarily like criticisms of the movie. It was just like a lot. <laughs> it was an experience. That's like how I was kind of thinking about it. Like to me, the atmosphere and like mood of this was like neck and neck with like what was established in the dark Knight. It was very much like just everything came together to build like this, like almost it was just like amazing like all the elements of this were like 10 out of 10s the candy i wouldn't say the movie is a 10 out of 10 well i would i wouldn't even compare it to the dark knight vibe because it has a much more desolate and gotham feels like i would actually compare it more to batman begins and like the gotham and that i would totally compare this movie to batman begins and not just on the basis of gotham i would compare it number one on color scheme that kept coming up over and over again was like the black with the orangey color and i was like they just took the cover of batman begins we're like we're making that movie they should have stuck with it for the other nolan movies like we talked about that that's where they 
that's where they kind of fucked up Gotham was by making it into Chicago and later Manhattan. And then, I mean, this was like Manhattan. Yeah, but like it didn't feel like Manhattan. You don't think? No, I thought this was like maybe like this between this and Batman Begins, like the best like Gotham. Like it felt it felt like its own Dense place, city. even though like we did see what was basically a Times like Square, the pan outs. but it looked like all like the weird architecture and like Wayne Tower and like it, it. I could tell that like this was all shot mostly shot on sets that they were building, but I could tell that like yeah, this could be like an underpass in like the Bronx that they just like you know up the sepia tone on, but it felt to me this felt very much like Gotham as its own place and not just like Chicago or Manhattan masquerading as Gotham. I guess so. I mean, the locations that I felt like we were just in New York was the lounge and the meeting place, which was like in that tower. Yeah. That felt very New York. And even like how he gets into Wayne Tower, I loved it if it was like original, but that could have been like an old New York subway station that went to this other part of town. So like, and and I'm not even saying this as like even a criticism, like that's never bothered me as much as it bothered you that it Yeah, like. I just, well, it, the part of the reason why it bothered me so much was because I thought Nolan did a really good job with it and Batman Begins and then just like abandoned it. Yeah. So to me, like this really like doubled down on being like, Gotham is like a place where it always feels seedy and dark and it's always rainy and gloomy and just never let up on it. It's like, Oh yeah. Like this is not like, this is, this is Gotham. This is Gotham. That Halloween beginning where it's like raining and like that all was very, it really set the tone. I mean the whole movie where my first note is actually like, this is just like such a very stylized movie incredibly that we like i think nolan's films are great but i wouldn't i wouldn't like describe them as stylized no i mean he has a style i don't even know what i mean it's very like i feel like nolan's movies are like very like grand and sweeping and they're pretty to look at but it's not like you don't get like this weird stuff like matt reeves had all these weird shots in this movie yeah it was very up close things are like obscured through like raining windows or like the entire beginning of the movie is like yeah. through Batman's binoculars. No, not Batman's. Oh, the Riddler. Yeah. The Riddler's binoculars. later Batman. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's just totally like, well, actually we come to find out it was actually his telescope because he lives. In yeah. That house. No, you're, you're right. But no, I mean, same difference, but yes, that whole first part is just like from that. Yeah. And it just like, I, I could tell that the director who this is actually the first movie that I've seen from this director. Um, he His career has taken him from creating Felicity, which he co-created Felicity with J.J. Abrams. Um, I'm familiar. Cloverfield, Let Me In. And then he did the, the two, the, the second two movies in the new Planet of the Apes trilogy. And that's, Never seen what, that's when I first heard his name. Cause like those movies are supposed to be amazing. Um, and you know, he, he took like, he wasn't the one that brought back the series. Cause I don't know who did the first movie in that trilogy, but you know, he's made a name for himself. And I think he came onto this project originally when it was supposed to be Ben Affleck. And I can't imagine, but they would have been a completely different movie. So I think, uh, yeah, the way I, things worked out is for the best. Although I am sad 
because I would be interested in seeing what that would have been like. But what we got is so good, and it wouldn't have been possible to do with Ben Affleck. So, I, I've been on record not a Ben Affleck fan, so I like definitely am not interested in seeing that version. Like doing a young, already established Batman is exciting. Yeah, it's kind of actually what we've been talking about with the Spider-Man series. Is we're like itching to see this like. 30-year-old Spider-Man, already established as Spider-Man, but, like, still has some spunk, kind yeah, of. And yeah. that's what we got in this. Obviously, it's not spunk. <laughs> it's something else. But, I mean, he's two years into his, uh, I forget what he calls it in his diary, experiment. Yeah. Gotham experiment or something. Um, What did you think about the voiceover with the diary at the beginning? I liked it. You did. I knew you wouldn't like it, but I. Why I, do you think? Why don't well, I, I don't like know. it? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I. I felt. I feel like you don't like narration, like as a general rule of thumb. I feel like some movies that we've watched where there's narration, you're like, "Why are we doing this?" I feel. I actually don't mind it sometimes, but they only did it in that very beginning part. Did they even do it at the, at the end? end? Yeah, they did. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they did because they like, I thought they were like bookending it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's like talking to himself about like, I realized that like, I don't need to like vengeance is not like the. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I didn't, I know I talked about it in Batman Begins. I don't like that they do it at the end of that movie where he's like. Yeah. Talking. Well, that seems like. Kind of like a voiceover. It seemed like kind of like out of place, but by tying it to the diary that he's keeping, I feel like it makes more sense because that's like his, his mental voice. But I also just thought that like, it's very much like Matt Reeves is like, I'm going to make this a noir story. And that totally felt like a callback to like, I like, like that then. Yeah. Hard boiled detective. Right. Like, you know, I, he I walked want... into the bar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually, I was asking like, what did you think of it? Cause I, Sorry, I just called you out for, for that. No, I mean, I hadn't really decided whether I liked it or not. I was leaning towards, I didn't, but I think you, you pulled me around on it. Oh, well I was, to me, it just was like a key part of like how he started the movie, which was, I just thought like everything he did in the start was bold. The title screen was just like the Batman. It right. just like popped up with no fanfare. There was no lead up to it. We had the stuff with like the Riddler watching the guy and then the whole scene with, um, like, all the criminals being, like, scared, like, looking into the shadows was, like, amazing. Yeah, we have, like, four or five criminal acts about to take place. And we know that Batman's going to show up at one of them, but we don't know which one. And we don't yet know that it's the Riddler. Or maybe we do. I think they do show that it's him. That he's going to go I think on so. the attack yeah. here. Because I think at first we are led to believe that that's Batman watching yeah. the kid. We're also led to believe that he got, that he gets stabbed. I was like, Oh, that you just stabbed that guy. What? The, his, the mayor's son like plays uh, stabs him with the sword. I was like, did that guy just get stabbed to death? Oh, I, cause he, I like, wasn't he, like, led to crum- believe that. He like, crumples to the floor. He's just being a good dad. Oh, I know that now. <laughs> but at the time I was like, what are we doing? Um, yeah, and I mean, going back to that first shot of it through the telescope or whatever, I was I was ready. I was in at that point because 
like we said, we had seen that trailer so many times. And then the movie starting like that, I was like, okay, good. This is like something more than just this like action-y yeah. trailer that we got. Which, again, nothing against the trailer, but it set a tone for the movie where it was like quiet, I guess your word of noir and... I don't know. It was just gritty. It yeah. Was gritty. Super gritty. And also like as a general note, like I feel like a lot of people after seeing, well, one before even seeing the trailer, knowing that it was Robert Pattinson and then the trailers and like the general vibe and color scheme, people are like, this is going to be the edgiest Batman movie ever. And I was kind of wondering that myself came out. I'm like, this is not that edgy. Like it wasn't like, super violent for the sake of being violent or dark for the sake of being dark. And it also like ended on like a hopeful note. Like it wasn't just like, I don't know. Like it, it, it very could have easily been like a, a Zack Snyder, like, Oh, like everyone's just pissed off all the time. And so I was, um, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be like that really, but I was, I was happy that it, it, it towed a line where it wasn't like... I do think it was edgy, but I don't know if it was edgy in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's what it is. Like, it it could have, like, crossed a line and or, like, you know, chose to, like, really double down on, like, a really, like, violent, like, vengeful Batman. But it, it didn't. It kind of, like, had this introspection. And I think it was, you know, it just... It did a good job of, like, handling its tone. Yeah, I think Robert Pattinson did something that all of the other Batmans, by all other, I mean Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Val Kilmer, and Christian Bale, those Batmans, um, tried to do but like didn't really accomplish, which was this um, quietness that I was kind of saying earlier. Like he sits in silence so much. Like there's not a need for dialogue. And I, I think that's more maybe emblematic of movies um, beforehand where it's like we have to have dialogue. We can't just be like, it's on an art film kind of. Um, And there are just so many scenes where he's not speaking or not responding. It it ends up obviously being in his favor, like in that very last scene with the Riddler because he doesn't respond right away to him saying, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Bruce Wayne. And so, like, I just, I think that's a through line throughout, though, him just not yeah. saying anything. Like, like when, the whenever he's on, like, crime scenes, he's just, like, kind of observing and watching. and Yeah, and it helps with, like, not having to do this whole, like, voice business yep. a lot. Um, and I think maybe he's young, so he is he is um, doing an experiment. Like, he's observing Gotham right. through his lens literally his islands um so i just nice. think big ups for for rob yeah he just that. he did a really great job of like just showing this very like believable version of of bruce wayne an interesting take on it that i saw was you know i i do think there are some folks who are upset about his persona as bruce wayne um but it was pointed out that, you know, he's at a point in his life and his career as Batman where he hasn't, you know, there's like the whole thing where it's like, he is Batman. Bruce Wayne is the alter ego. Right. And he hasn't like fully developed his Bruce Wayne alter ego yet. Like he doesn't know how to be like friendly and outgoing and like right. wear that mask. He only use, uses that mask like once in the whole, twice. Right. 
Yeah, no, once as a mask, and then once for real, he's like, I need to talk to him. Yeah, so it's it's pretty rare, and I feel like this early into like his time as Batman, it makes a lot of sense. Like he doesn't really know how to like balance that out yet, and doesn't want to. Like he's still kind of angsty. I think if we're gonna continue kind of comparing it to the Christian Bale ones, it's kind of like how. Christian Bale chose to leave Gotham and go on this journey where he decided to stay in Gotham, but like his journey is to become a recluse Mm -hmm. from whatever, like since high school or college or whatever. Um, I don't actually know how old he's supposed to be in this, but I would guess like mid twenties, late twenties. What my guess would be too. Um, Any other like general thoughts before I thought like maybe it would be good to, kind of take it character by character rather than through the plot since it is such a long movie. Yeah, let me see if I have any other general notes. A couple of things that I liked were that you talked about how the trailer was very action-y, which was. And then the action in the movie is pretty sparse, I would say, especially for a superhero movie. But when it does happen, and it, it ramps up towards the end, but generally like when the action scenes do happen it's like really like sudden and like generally speaking they're like it's like over pretty quickly i guess yeah it's just like you know we you get to the point like the car chase was like one of the most like prolonged like action sequences um i just liked the way that it, it played out and the way that this version of batman was fighting and we see that he's not like fully experienced yet and that reflects in how he's fighting he's getting injured he's also like not like fully decked out with his gadgets yet like he's going out there like fairly bare bones um his like thing he has a good amount of gadgets well he has like the thing on his chest that he can use like a knife he has the wingsuit he's got like the grappling hooks yeah he does but it just seems like you know he's all of that stuff this like thing on his arm yeah it's like a stun thing i don't know it just seems like he's it, it made sense like the arsenal that he has coming from the Bale Batman who basically has everything through that Lucius Fox can develop at his disposal. Like it it was cool to see like what he was working with. And like the most advanced thing was probably the contact lenses. Right. Which was something that we had never seen a Batman have before. So that was really cool. I do think the gadgets were more of a backseat in this movie. Like they enhanced his fighting, but they, they weren't like the, (laughs) like in TV shows they'd give, you know, um, a, a good example is in the TV show Totally Spies. They'd be like, here's a lipstick that can do blah, blah, blah. Right. And then you'd see them use it later like in Q. the show. Yes, but like in like a more showy way. He like, doesn't have his utility belt yet, you know? Yeah. And then They, they were just so like, they just helped him and they weren't like the main attraction. I right. Guess. Um, so of course, like kind of comparing this to the other movies once again, and, and even though I think there are a lot of comparisons to be drawn to specifically the Batman Begins, I actually feel like this world feels more in line with, like, the Michael Keaton, the Tim Burton world. Like, I think that this is, like, we like this kind of, not absurd, but, like, kind of absurd world that they created there, and we're just going to take it up, like, ten Totally, notches. totally. Like, I felt we were more in that 
realm than we were in the Nolan realm yeah. in some ways. I agree with that. Um, and maybe it's because we had a character like the penguin show up, even though it was like obviously a very different penguin. Um, I just kind of felt like the Keaton world is much smaller and intimate yeah. at Gotham, as you were talking about earlier. And the Nolan world is huge. Like we go to different places in the world. So I think that into the, this movie was very intimate. Like yeah. you were talking about the shots earlier and everything was very close. Like we get that one shot where it's like, oh, this is New York now. That's that's the shot I'm thinking. Yeah. But like that's only like one time. Like they don't pull out no. hardly ever unless they're using like the binoculars or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and in a lot of shots they pull focus to like the center or they'll like blur out like at the side, do like a vignette thing. So you like are focusing on one part and that does a really good job of, of keeping it focused. It, the sense of place is just like out of control. It's so good. Um, the only other general thing I want to talk about maybe before we get into it is like the music and the sounds effects. I think overall I really liked the music and the sounds like at the end there's literally like this part in the music where it sounds like a bat screeching. Like it's yeah. very good. Like when he's up yeah. on the thing, I, I thought that was like really well done. All that to say, <laughs> there was one scene that I loathed that they put in. <laughs> it was, it was the only part of the movie I probably didn't like actually. They play like this song with lyrics in the beginning ish. I think we we're in like the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And he's like driving home. And I was like, this is dating this movie in real time right now. Like it felt like I was in the early 2000s where they put on like a boy band. How's it dating it? It's a Nirvana song. I felt like it, it felt dated. I don't know. I was like kinda, doing I was, that in a movie is like something that used to happen in a different time. I kind of agree, but also I guess like they had that trailer, they had that song in the first trailer and it like fits so well that I was like, I'm not even mad. Well, that's like fine to put in a trailer. <laughs> I like, I kind of agree with you, but also I was like, all right, this is cool. Like unless it's played on the radio as part of the movie, I don't want to hear like a song, like a pop culture song, I guess. That's fair. I mean, that is fair. I just thought like I would, if it was like a worse choice of song for the vibe, I probably would have felt the same way, but I was like, nah, I like this. Cause I feel like the theme, like the score was like based off that song. Like there's like that four note motif that kept coming back. Like the that would have been fine i just don't want to hear lyrics like while we're in the middle of a movie like and also like i i I just felt like we were about to do a montage which don't get me wrong i love a montage but not for a movie like this like i want to be in it and that really took me out of it yeah personally i get that even if the song's great i just was like i can't even focus on what's happening right now because all i'm thinking about is the song oh man I, I mean, yeah. I, that's I a, thought you wouldn't like that's it. That's a totally about Well, it, no, it it's felt just, cheesy. It's because like I had I had associated it with that trailer, and I was like, this vibe. Like I'm not even like a big Nirvana fan. Like I don't have that connection to it. But I was like, this works. Even if they had just played it without lyrics, I think it would have been fine. It was just like the. I don't even know. I wasn't even paying attention to the lyrics. I was just like thinking about how much I didn't like it during it, and I was just like. I could just see, like, Robert, I think he was, like, even driving, which made it even worse. It's, like, 
he wasn't crying, but I was like, he's got like tears on his face and he's like, I'm going home after this. <laughs> like, Damn. Honestly, I thought about it for like two seconds. I was like, all right. I, I, I like spiraled and it's my fault, but like I definitely spiraled during I this part of the movie. It took I, me so far out of it. Man. Maybe it's like immersion ruined. Yes, that that is exactly how I felt, and it happened early in the movie. And luckily, I was able to get back in. It was fine, <laughs> but I was just like, "What are we doing? What year is it?" Nineteen ninety two, baby. I guess I don't know. I don't even think Tim Burton would have done something like that in the nineties. Batman. I mean, I know you're saying like that's the song, but he had Prince do the soundtrack. There was a Prince song that got played in the first Batman movie. As like a credit song? No, like I'm pretty sure it was in the movie. Like this this they is a great when... song to play as the credit to be like, oh, remember those riffs you were hearing earlier? It's this song and that that's the credits. Good. I'm pretty sure there was a, a non sequitur, I guess, but there I think in the scene in I mean, Batman when they are in Again, the, it would have made more sense in the for museum, the time. In the museum. Yeah, no, that that you're right about. Um, so I'm sorry to bring up a non-factor for me, but I'm glad we, I'm glad we got this out there. I feel like I'm kind of coming off as I didn't like it with my, I mean, if it took you out of it, then it took you out of it. That's not like a bad thing. I think it was just like a stylistic choice. And I do get what you're saying. It's kind of weird because it was so committed to like, like, I feel like we kind of talked about it in, in Batman begins like a sense of timelessness somewhat and putting a real world song in there messes with that. Like, even if it's not a song from like. 2020 it's like a pop culture song yeah like i don't know maybe it's the same way i feel about narration kind of like it's this i i just think noise was, that's happening outside of the movie yeah that makes sense i think it's a putting a a song like that into a movie can be tough and obviously for some things like guardians it's built in and it right. works and it works it's, so it's, well it's a key part of it and this was not this was just like i'm gonna put this song in here and I do wonder if that was always the plan or if they someone picked it for the trailer or it was like on the table kind of and then they just decided to use it. But it's like I'm surprised that it didn't bother you because you always point this out in other movies we watch. I know. Like I, I am surprised. But like when I was watching it, like it just. That, I feel like now I've pointed it out and it's going to maybe. Well, if I like watch it thing, again, it'll be like. You'll be thinking about it yeah. too much. I mean, that's the whole well, problem no, if I'm you curious. don't want to be thinking about it too much. Yeah, it just like it didn't. That part. Like, you know, if I go back and I pay attention, maybe I'll feel differently. But like when I was watching it, it just like didn't. Right. That didn't, I Which didn't is connect important. to it. Like, I think that's good. I wonder, and if anyone's out there is listening to us right now, what did you think? Did that bother you? Yeah, let us know. I'll feel, I feel like I'll probably be in the minority. I, I, I want to be able to just like this movie and still be able to point out things I don't like. But I feel like you have to be all or nothing <laughs> with movies. Like, I don't know. It kind of is. But, you know, some people are not happy with the third act of this movie. And we can talk about that later. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some characters. Let's do it. What character should we talk about first? Well, do we start with Batman or do we save Batman for the end? I kind of had him at the end of my notes. That's fine. I mean, we, we obviously yeah. already talked about him a little bit. Yeah, but if we have more discussion, we'll save it for later. Who do we want to start with? Such a great cast of characters. Yeah, really great casting in this movie. Should we start with Catwoman? Yeah, let's do it. Zoe Kravitz? Yeah. Amazing. Zoe Kravitz was, yeah, this was like, this is like one of my favorite things that I've seen Zoe Kravitz in, I feel like. 
She really like uh, High Fidelity, the Hulu show that I canceled before its time. High Fidelity was great. This was just like I don't know. Like I, what else have I seen Zoe Kravitz in that kind of gave me like I don't know. High Mad Fidelity Max, was like Fury a low. Road. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was like oh is that her? <laughs> um, I guess in High Fidelity she was like a pretty low key character, but this was like. You know, there's there's like more like under the surface. I feel like I'm not trying to discredit the character in High Fidelity because that was great. But X Men, which X Men? First class. Completely forgot about that. Also, I didn't know this, but she played Catwoman in the Lego Movie in 2017. Really? That's funny. Oh, Big Little Lies. Oh, duh. Yeah. Well. In any case, um, I thought she was a very good Selena Kyle because, of course, you know, we've got with this movie, we now have three interpretations of Catwoman. And I'm sorry to say Anne Hathaway, but you have, uh, you have dro- four. What was the fourth one? Holly Berry. I'm not counting that because I haven't seen it. Fair, but I'm not I'm not counting. So. You well, know. we are gonna watch it for the pod. Yeah. So right now there's there's a there's a podium of three, and Michelle Pfeiffer will always hold gold, but Anne Hathaway has been bumped down to the bronze. Yes. And I have a feeling the podium may not change after we see Catwoman, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Zoe Kravitz did what Anne Hathaway tried to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Anne Hathaway was just Speaking like, of like edgy, like right. Zoe Kravitz achieved edgy Selena Kyle cat burglar. Yes. And so and I, I feel like there's a couple of reasons for it. The atmosphere of this movie was more conducive for a cat woman. I think. Um, yes. Cat woman did not fit into the narrative that Nolan was telling in the dark Knight rides. I think we talked about that in our episode. Also, I feel like the writing is very misogynistic in the Nolan ones. Also, it is as much as I like them. The movie, the script, as we said, sucked in the dark Knight rises and Anne Hathaway was trying, but some of those lines and delivery were not, were not it. Anne Hathaway was also maybe just like not the right casting for like, I, I like her take on the character still, but I feel like from my understanding of Catwoman, like this version seems more like in line with what she's supposed to be. Yeah, I think, Anne, and I know we talked about this a bit with Dark Knight Rises. I think Anne Hathaway has a little bit more rigidness. Like, she doesn't feel as comfortable, like, in her body. And, like, there is no comparison of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman. Incredibly different. But they both have a very comfortability with, like, being in their own skin. Yeah. And, like, that's important when you're playing something like Catwoman where you are even though they're not like acting like a cat, there is like this uh, like flexibility in their movements. That's so important and yeah. so subtle that I don't think Anne Hathaway had. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I also think that the makeup that they did for Zoe Kravitz was so good. Yeah. Cause she obviously like works at this club and they do this like sparkle thing that makes it look like she's always crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at least that's what I thought. And I thought it was just really good. And um, it just made me always want to look at her eyes. <laughs> also, like, the wigs. Like, she was, like, yeah. swapping out wigs. They were reminding you of Alias. 
of which I have seen one episode. I mean, yeah, she was perfect. And I mean, like, come on. Like, she was she was looking good in this movie. She was, like, when, the right age against Robert Pattinson. When, like. <laughs> yeah. When she first came on screen, uh, there was a group of, like, ten guys in the row behind us. And one of them was like, mm. like Every like, time <laughs> she was on screen, there was comments. Yeah. They, uh... I mean, weren't we all a little bit? Some of us more than a little bit, I guess. I I also really liked the background and story we got with hers. And at one at one point, it could have been in this whole movie, like, holy moly, we, we've introduced so many plot lines. But hers especially, like, really fit in with everything to the point that during the movie, I was like, is she the rat? Like, when they were doing this, like, L versus Law thing, I was like, well, isn't Law, like, feminine? Is it That's feminine what I was thinking, rat? too, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, is it Zoe Kravitz? <gasps> it wasn't. And, like, their plot still was great. But, like, I just liked how hers was very much her own story, but, like, fit in throughout. Yeah. And yeah. had a little bit of a surprise or whatever. Right, because, like, I was wondering a bit, like, how she was going to, like, connect to the overarching plot, but I never predicted what they did. Like, how could you? Also, she didn't need to. Like, it could have just been that she was friends with, um, what's her name? Annika. Annika, and worked at the club. Keely, not Keely. What? Remember, the actress that played Keely played her friend in The Dark Knight oh, Rises. Oh, right, right. It's, like, the same. It's, like, their oh, roommate. Yeah. I think there are more or, than roommates. Yeah, but like, I I think you're right. I think Zoe Kravitz even said that, but like, we don't really, it's never really said, which I thought was kind of odd. It didn't need to, I guess. It could have just been that, that they were, she knew her and worked at the club and also had this like side hustle. Right. Of being a cat burglar. <laughs> My favorite millennial side hustle is robbery. <laughs> I <laughs> like, mean. Yeah, I, got, I got a side hustle. <laughs> and then I saw it on Poshmark. <laughs> you can make a shitload of money doing that, I bet. I was getting like a little overwhelmed with the number of like names of Yeah. Uh, like mobsters, mobsters and stuff. And I was like, which one's Maroni and which one's Falcone? Yeah. I kept thinking that they were different and that when they kept talking about Maroni being put in jail and then we met Falcone, I was like, Oh, mm. I guess he's out of jail. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, wait, no, I guess he's not that. Um and because they're the same names that we get in Batman Begins yeah. and Dark Knight, I was like, oh, God, am I, who is, who's who from which movie, <laughs> even though they're not playing the same part or anything. It helps keep things straight as much as possible. And everyone has, like, two names. Yeah. Or at least the Penguin does. And... Oz. I think they call him Oz. We'll talk about that. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I really, really loved Zoe Kravitz. Um, her, like... You know, she kind of went on like this parallel journey with Bruce wanting to just go after Falcone and like go after him, like to take his life with with basically no regard for her own life. And, you know, how that was parallel with Bruce realizing that he doesn't need to like be this force of vengeance. They were on like somewhat somewhat of the same path. It took them in different directions, but. You know, she's going to move upstate. What is upstate? She she named Dr. Nan. And I'm like, I'm sure someone that's well-versed in D.C. knew what, knows she, what she's talking about. No, she said, um, well, yes, if you're versed in D.C., but I thought it was like kind of a play on New Haven because she called it Blood Haven, oh, which probably, probably is. is like Blood a D.C. Haven. thing. 
But I was like, it's clearly like New Haven. I gotta look up Bloodhaven now. It's just, oh, it's a city just near Gotham. It's where Nightwing usually operates. This is kind of going back to something I said earlier, but the part in the beginning with like the guys and like the Halloween makeup, that's part of the reason why, well, that I guess is like the Val Kilmer movie, but still the Joel Schumacher ones. I was like, this is like taking that stuff to another level, like where they're in like these painted things, but that's just like their everyday look. This is at least Halloween. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a little, (laughs) little less neon. Yeah. You know, Club. Just like take it down from like an eleven out of ten to like a two out of ten, does it makes a lot of difference. I was hoping that that kid that like was half getting initiated or whatever is uh, Robin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or maybe the mayor's kid. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think they'll do a a Robin with this interpretation? That would be. It's too soon. I feel like. Like, he hasn't been Batman I think it's to too soon, but I would love to actually see Robin. Robin. Yeah. Like, I liked how he got it. I know I said this already in the Batman, in ba- uh, The Dark Knight Rises, but I want to actually see a Robin play out, like, well. <laughs> yeah, and not just, like, a tease. Although, I have a feeling that if this guy does a Robin, it'll be an adaptation of the story where the Joker kills him, so maybe not. The Joker's going to kill who? There's, like, a oh, comic st- where, yeah, Joker kills Robin, and I feel like this guy would do an adaptation of that, so... Yikes. I don't think I could handle that. Be rough. Be rough. Um, yeah, so Selena Kyle gets to... 10 out of 10. And gets her great story. Yeah. She has become like a... Because I guess this is like... Batman is Batman, but he's early Batman. And I feel like this like representation... Like, this is not Catwoman yet. Like, she's just like a robber and I'm, I'm wondering if they'll like have her like come back and be like i don't know i feel like it would be it's it's hard to do like a a full-fledged Catwoman. but honestly if you can make batman work in this universe yeah i definitely feel like they left it to this she's kind of in and out of his life um kind of role I'm kind of in my head comparing it to Black Cat and Spider-Man where yeah. she can kind of dip in and out of his world. And when she comes back, things are like hot and heavy and then she leaves again kind of situation, which I would like to see that. That seems right. Um, where she doesn't need to be a permanent character for for the story, but like she, you know who she is when she comes back. Yeah, I would like that. Who's next? Um, I mean, I wanted to, like, briefly talk about maybe, like, all of the the gangsters. Sure. And then, like, specifically Penguin, yeah. I guess. Um, let's, let's talk Falcone first. Because uh, I, for, for whatever reason, just, like, could not remember guy's name or quite place him during the movie. But John Turturro played Falcone and did also, like, a great job of playing, like, this kind of understated like you can tell that like this is like a mob boss who's like and he's like he's, dangerous he's getting on in years you know he's not he's not in his prime anymore but he's still not to be trifled with yeah i think one thing that does make this movie makes me want to rewatch this movie is watching it again with knowing how the story unravels and being able to understand some of the pieces early on and like some of the characters that are mentioned because i was so busy thinking about the Nirvana song and <laughs> um, the riddles and how the riddles were going to play out, who the rat was, that I wasn't 
fully taking in all of the characters we were going to introduce. And we got introduced to so many characters. I mean, every Riddler death versus every gangster kind of associated with it was a lot to digest in a movie, even though it was a three hour movie. Like it was, I was on information overload, I think. A little bit. I mean, it's, it was hard not to be, it just, yeah. I I think if they wanted to keep it a little bit tighter and shorter, we probably could have done without the DA plot line and the bomb. Like that one, I think visually was like very interesting and obviously like moved the plot along, but I think they probably could have gotten away with like not doing his story. And I think that would have made me made it closer to two and a half hours yeah. to 45. But you got to do the bomb thing. Like you'd have to have that scene. Like, I feel like that was important. Like at the funeral, you could have it be somebody else maybe or like just not have it built up as long. No, I'm saying like you wouldn't do his character. You would just make it work with the other ones. Yeah, that could probably work. Because he doesn't even end up giving up the rat, so it kind of he's kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I just I feel like the, mostly what we gain from his character is just like how pathetic he is. Right. I feel like he's just like a sad sack. And how scared he is because of how big this is. He's the first one that says it's like bigger than you mm-hmm. can imagine. Um, but I do love. My favorite part of this whole movie, I think, was, like, the mystery element and wanting to know the whole story and how all of these people that the Riddler's connecting connect. Yeah. It was... They did a really great job of each each riddle. You got, like, a little bit closer, and we were right there with Bruce and Gordon being, like, what are we missing? And it was... Yeah, like, as, as more riddles are presented, like, we meet these characters. But, I mean, honestly, like, I... <laughs> there's just yeah there's so many moving parts to like this plot that i was like i don't like when they were getting close to it i was like uh <laughs> i am not the world's greatest detective i need help and even they were they fucked up so that was interesting i'm gonna talk about that later but like with the whole rat thing um but yeah i just i mean the, as far as the rest of the mob stuff like it was it was interesting hearing like about like what had already happened with maroni Mm-hmm. And, like, how, like, this drug bust is, like, a thing of the past. But it's, like, yeah, the criminal underworld is, like, operating, like, it's business as usual. And we also get this thing with, like, the drops. Yeah, I kind of like that they had their own drugs. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, explained ever. They're, like, you get it. They're, yeah. They're eye drop drugs. Totally get it. Um, I didn't mean that sarcastically. No, no, like, no. I, um, It reminded me of, like, 21 Jump Street or even oh, Veronica Mars Wi-Fi. has a plot where they have, like, this new drug. I mean, that's, like, common. Like, this new drug is on the scene. But, yeah, um, yeah that that works really well. And that it's been an ongoing problem in the community. It's kind of, it was, like, obviously a thinly veiled opioid crisis. Yeah. I also loved the continued, like, returns to 44 Below. Yeah. And how it's just like they had that scene of like somebody opening the door, whether it's Batman or Bruce, just like over and over again. It's always those two guys, the twins, open the door, close the door, open it back up. Because they're like twins, Batman and Bruce. I don't know. I just said that. Yeah, fuck it. Give them the benefit of the doubt. How sneaky. Um, But it just, again, like establishing these locations was important to building the world of this movie and having like, penguin be tied to this place is like yeah like he's always here and so he knows all these people and he's very involved but he's not like the top like it's not he's not like leading anything he's just like there he's Uh, a lieutenant 
Yeah, but you kind of start to think like, oh. Maybe he's yeah. more than we think he is. Um, so yeah, let's talk about Penguin. So this is played by uh, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Who we just saw in Holland. Who is unrecognizable. Yeah, so I thought he was obviously like brilliant. And I mean, Colin Farrell's a great actor, but... I guess my que- my overall question was, like, why didn't they just get an actor that looked more like that? Like, why did they even do this whole charade of, like, all Very of these prosthetics? Very good question. It just feels like, why, well, one, why, what, why are you getting Colin Farrell if you're not even going to let him look like Colin Farrell? I mean... I don't know why they did it, but I love that they did it. It's almost like stunt casting. Like, yeah. it's kind of just like to flex on it. Be like, yeah, we're going to get Colin Farrell and we're going to put him under 20 layers of prosthetics and makeup. And it doesn't sound like him. It doesn't look like him, but it's him. I, I mean, the whole time he was on, I was trying to see Colin Farrell under it. So it was like a little distracting for me because I was like purposely, I guess, looking for Colin Farrell. But I don't know. I, I think they should have just gone with a different actor, honestly, even though I think he did it wonderfully like that part like it was very clear but yeah i mean i could say that but i also think it's fun like you know if they if they thought that he could do a good job then he did even if it was like they had to do a weird amount of work to make him look the part i just like the idea of doing that just being like yeah we want him so fuck it like make it happen i like that he didn't die because i think he's a really good villain character to keep bringing back as like somebody that's always got his hand in things um Different, obviously, than the Michael Keaton penguin, Danny DeVito penguin. He's eating a lot less raw fish. (laughs) Um, But a sinister character nonetheless. They're actually doing a show, like a mini series. With Colin? That takes place like right after this. And it's about him like kind of filling the power vacuum. Well, yeah, they show him in like the window so with the oh, with the voiceover. Yeah. So like the next, I guess they're doing this. So like next time we see him in a movie, it'll be like Crime Boss Penguin. Yeah. Which is it's cool. They're doing two shows. They're doing um, a Penguin show, and they're doing one about Gordon and the like Gotham Police. So. Should we talk about Gordon? Yeah. I, did I have one more thing on? No, no. I think that was it. I just I didn't mention. There is the news about the Penguin show has been out there for a while, probably for like over a year or something, because Matt Reeves is working on it. So he had talked about it, but I didn't want to say anything to you before the before the movie. Oh, in case he like. Yeah, it just kind of it informs you like what's going to happen like in the movie. Yeah. But so you already knew. I knew it wasn't going to die. Yeah, I knew about the show. But you knew like Falcon was going to die. I mean, it's kind of obvious. No, I didn't know Falcon was going to die. I only, I actually didn't know that it was going to take place after the movie until like after we watched it. I just knew that they were doing a show. I was like, that could mean anything. That could be like an origin story, which in a way it is. But yeah, let's talk Gordon. Okay. I know we've said this now a couple of times, but like, this is the best casting of the whole movie. Yeah. Like stellar. Everybody loves Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Ugh. And Jeffrey Wright as, like, the hero's bro between this and James Bond, like, yeah. perfect. I was getting a lot of Felix vibes. Yeah. He's, but, like, a softer Felix. Yeah. He's just, like, I, Jeffrey Wright is just, like, an amazing actor. Like, I've loved him in everything that I've seen him in. And he just seems like, he just seems like the chillest guy. He just has such a softness to how he speaks that I could just, like, wrap myself in and fall asleep. Yeah. 
I mean, like, especially like the last thing that I had seen him in before this was probably, well, James Bond. And then, uh, when he, he played the watcher, he is the voice actor for the watcher and what if, and you know, that's, that's perfect casting. Yeah, He's just really got that good. voice. So I was excited. As soon as I heard that he was cast as Gordon, I was like, Oh hell yeah. Cause of course, Gary Oldman we love Gary Oldman. Oh yeah. They can both be brilliant. And they're very different takes on the character. I'm know? not even comparing them. No, it's it's impossible. But this was like such a perfect foil to this Batman because he's very, he's kind of chill. You know, they're on the crime scene. He's like, he's uh, telling everybody to mind their business. Like right. he's with me. And then like, you know, when shit hits the fan, he's like, we got to go, man. Like we got to get out yeah. of here. Like Gary Oldman is doing like a more fatherly type of Gordon. And Jeffrey Wright is more of a associate i guess yeah um and i like i like that yeah it's also just like a different take on like how i feel like how batman is treated by the gotham police um because like there were some exceptions in the nolan trilogy but as a whole it seemed like like obviously there was the guy that we saw in the dark knight rises who was like i want to take down the batman but like everyone seemed pretty chill and in this it makes it later on later on yeah i don't know about batman this one makes it seem like it's a bit more like this is like Gordon's thing and like the bad signals like Gordon's yeah. thing and everybody else is like, Can they we like not? kind of tolerate it, but they're like, this is death. try to keep them out of crime scenes and stuff. But it is weird. It's very it, uncomfortable. It and again, it goes back to like that silence. And like, it's like there were ah. there were very many moments in this movie where I laughed, but I did like I did uh, laugh a little bit when he's in the first crime scene after the mayor is killed and the guy like tries to move to like take a picture and he like bumps into Batman and he just like doesn't move or say anything. He's just like, excuse me. Yeah. His little latex. But I was, I was really happy with his characterization and I loved the scene where he pretends to be yelling at him, but it's like whispering. How yeah. To leave and then, and then gets he gets punched in the face. Classic. He's like, you could have pulled that punch. I feel like this movie has a lot of tropes that I've seen in other movies, but it doesn't feel like old. Yeah, it does. It does them very well. Yeah, and it yeah. At no point was I like, oh god, like we're just like doing a a well known bit again. It was just like fresh. Like, they did a good job of making everything feel new, even if it wasn't. But the like, you know, you have to hit me, and like that, like that yep. has been done so many times. But I just yeah, I did enjoy yeah. it, and I do think it was mostly on Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, I mean, because he's, I think that Robert Pattinson is doing a great job acting, but to act up against him is like horrible like you're acting against <laughs> a, a silent wall. yeah and you can't see his eyes yeah you, you can kind of see his mouth i guess but like um and so anyone that's acting us alongside of him is doing like all of the leg work in a lot yeah, of pretty ways much. like he's playing the straight man the straight silent man yeah um and like zoe kravitz going back to her like they have such like wonderful and lovely chemistry that feels very natural and I think that works and I think Robert Pattinson has always done a really good job on screen with chemistry I mean we all know that the Twilight kiss I think won MTV's best kiss yeah but it wasn't it wasn't as good as the Spider-Man one you know that and I feel like I'm wrong you think I don't remember let me consult the Wikipedia list of MTV best kiss award winners I feel like it did but I mean, what was its competition? Who else was thinking about, man, this guy was a vampire in Twilight, and now here we are. Everybody, I'm sure. 
Like during the movie, did you think that at any point? Because I thought it. Honestly, maybe not during the movie, but you know, I I, I do tend to think that when it, whenever I see Robert Pattinson, I was like, this guy's come a long way. He also does the silent broody bit in Twilight, so he's they did well win. Practice. They did win, and here's their competition. If you'd like to know, <laughs> I would like to know. Uh, we all in, need this sidebar. Okay, so this was in 2009. Uh, their competition was. Angelina Jolie and James McAvoy in Wanted, which I've never seen. Never seen it. Frida Pinto and Dev Patel in Slumdog Millionaire. James Franco and Sean Penn in Milk. No, that one did not have good chemistry. Paul Rudd and Thomas Lennon in I Love You, Man. <laughs> Who's Thomas Lennon? He's the guy from uh, Reno 911. I don't remember when that was in the movie. Yeah, because it's like Jason Siegel. And then... Uh, the last one is Vanessa Hudgens and Zac Efron in High School Musical. I feel like 3, that was their senior year. Oh, High School Musical three. Three. Okay. No, we're we're getting away from the roots <laughs> at that point. I was gonna say that would probably have been their competition, but okay. they, they won the next. Wow, they won for four years in a row off the Twilight movies. Good for them. I mean, one time they're having sex and like there's literally sparkles that come out. That doesn't happen for everybody else. I'm just saying it contributes to the win. Oh, we were all thinking it. <clears throat> anyway, speaking of people at Sparkle, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> I was like, are we introducing another character? Because I don't know where the hell you're going. Well, I already talked about Zoe Kravitz and she was sparkling. Um, any other thoughts on Gordon? Not particularly, but he just, he did a great job. Loved him. I was going to save Riddler and Batman for last. Um, did you, oh, I mean, we kind of already talked about Penguin, obviously, but did we want to talk about the car chase scene a little bit? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say that after sleeping on it, I think this is probably my favorite Batmobile. I'm very sorry. The Tumblr is super cool and I will always like it. But this like when they uh, like pan over and his car is like parked in the alleyway and he starts it up. I'm like, this shit is awesome. I wasn't expecting a muscle car, basically. I the first like image that they released stuff. from this movie was him standing next to that car. They like released an image of that car, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Like, I yeah, I it's it is completely ridiculous that it's yeah, it's like this fucking fitted out like extra suspension muscle car, but I I love it. It looks so good. I guess it's more realistic like that he put together this car um rather than like obviously we're not doing the christian bale like i have everything at my disposal thing so like the idea that he like you said like could outfit it to like what he needs i don't know what other base car you would get but i don't know i just like it was so much like i guess the word I'll go back to is like grittier than like what I'm used to seeing in a Batmobile. It, like it wasn't sleek, and I think no. I prefer a sleek Batmobile. I, I get that, but like I I just saw this thing when I was looking it up. Like someone compared it to like a creature in a horror movie. Like it was meant to like intimidate. And when he was like revving the engine, and like everybody yeah. was like, it was intimidating. They like like Penguin like stopped in his tracks because I I just love it. It was so loud. And it just felt like a real car to me, like, first and foremost. Like, the Tumblr is cool, but it's a tank. Yeah. More than a car. So I, I liked it a lot. Also, another thing about Penguin, uh, I was mentioning times that I laughed during this movie, and they did have the Penguin waddle 
like a penguin. <laughs> and that shit was very funny to me. They had him, they left him tied oh, up right, under the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also got a zinger in at Batman and Gordon and was like, well, we got the world's greatest detective. Yeah, that was, I did laugh at that one, yeah. Um, I, I think the car chasing was cool, but that shooting style is like not what I'm used to in watching a car chase. I just wanted to be like, pull back. I can't see what's happening. <laughs> like I was, I really wanted to see the whole thing. And I, I understand what they were doing and like, that's its own style. But I just, as a viewer was like, I want to see what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> I get that. They did have a cool mounted shot on the Batmobile though. Like of the driver's side door. Cause yeah, it was, the Nolan one is very much like the, birds. Nolan eye. does like a lot of helicopter shots and yeah. stuff. And yeah, that's not, that is not and like way. obviously that chasing was so much bigger it's like taking a cro- place across like the whole city and right. this is like it's like a highway one road yeah I was kind of mad that that part is in the trailer yeah they put too much of it in there but like I was also like I would have rather than not but also I'm sure that like someone like watched that scene and they were like this is this is going to the I trailer this it is- makes sense like it's a big moment but I, then it felt less big in the movie yeah I just know that like um I think it was like the first or like second trailer that they put out. Like, yeah, they used the the upside down shot of him walking yeah, and then they yeah, turned I that into the remember. Batman logo. And I was like, I wish they wouldn't have showed that, but I was like, damn, that was cool. That doesn't bother me as much. I wish in the trailer they had just stopped it at the penguin cheering like he got him. Because that's not like sh- more yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, they didn't hire me to work on the trailer. Maybe so. next time. Uh, did you want to talk about Alfred a little bit? Andy Circus. Sure. Um, got less Alfred than I expected in this movie. Yeah, they kind of happy hogan him <laughs> they in, did. in Iron Man 3. God. But yeah, they took him out of commission, but this movie was so crowded already that I think it was okay. Um, but for the time that he was there, um, I liked Andy Circus's take on it. It wasn't like the most... Like, I, I think the, the most interesting thing that he got to do was like kind of have that conversation with Bruce about like, you know, what happened with Thomas. Other than that, he was like a pretty standard Alfred kind of just like ribbing him about, you know, like shirking his corporate obligations and, and whatnot. But, um, I, I thought he was, uh, it was like an interesting casting choice because the last couple of times that I've seen Andy Serkis on screen, which honestly as Andy Serkis might've been like black Panther, he's not depicted as like an older guy. And in this one, he's, like, using a cane. So I just thought it was, like, oh, they're, like, kind of aging him up, but not really. But at the same time, like, his... That age makes a lot of sense for how young Robert Pattinson is as Batman. Yeah, I also wonder if the cane is, like, associated to something else. Oh, that Um, could be it. But, yeah, I mean, I liked Andy Serkis, and I, I think... Like, the acting is, like, fine, whatever. I didn't really have anything any thoughts on it but I as far as like the character um you know obviously no one can hold a a candle to Michael Caine but my criticism of the Michael Caine character was that I was like are you enabling him or are you trying to help him and in this I definitely felt like he wasn't enabling him but he would like get swept up in like the detectiveness of it like he was the one doing like the the ciphers and stuff but he was also like very clear about like where he stood on like what he was doing with his life. I, I wasn't questioning him and yeah. I, I didn't feel like he was kind of 
playing both sides of it. Even though he obviously was right. helping with the cipher and stuff, I think he was like, well, I know you're going to keep doing it, so I'm going to just, you know. Yeah. I love a puzzle. They, they, <laughs> and they did a good job of, like, solidifying him, like, in his relatively small number of scenes. Like, I, I, his screen time cannot have been very much. Or yeah, three yeah. hours that this movie was, so. Um, but the thing with the cane, so he has a line that I picked up on in the hospital scene where he says, you know, I wasn't a father to you, but I could teach you how to fight, which led me to believe that he was more than just a butler for the Waynes, that he was maybe part bodyguard for Thomas Wayne. Um, and then, like, so he's the one that taught him how to fight as a child, I guess. And I think there's just more there that maybe they're leaving as a little yeah. sprinkle. Well, Alfred in the comics and maybe in other, I don't know if the other movies have even mentioned it, but he was like an ex like special forces person yeah, for, that like makes the, sense for, for the, this movie. for the British uh, SAS. I don't, so, well, maybe in the, actually the one with the George Clooney, because he has, like, that whole background with his brother. But that was weird. He's so old. Like, but, like, that show that's... There's that Alfred Pennyworth show. Is it I, a spinoff of Gotham? No, it's, like, its own thing, which makes even less sense. It's on, like... I bet in the show Gotham that they do that stuff with Alfred. They probably do. This is a show on epics. You've, I think, mentioned it before. A younger, younger version of the iteration of the character previously portrayed on Gotham. Uh, and that, like, takes place... Oh, like, so it is kind of a spinoff of Gotham. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought it was just totally separate. But I, I do think this is probably, like... This feels like the most direct nod we've gotten towards that. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And I hope that they do a little bit more with it. I mean, they don't have to do, like, a whole thing, but... And, like, you can buy that, like, physicality from this Alfred more than yeah. any of the other ones. Yeah, so I was just thinking the cane might be from something. An injury sustained. Yeah, exactly. yeah that makes a lot of sense. And uh, I did think they were going to kill him. Uh, I thought he died when the bomb went off. I was very happy. You can't happy. kill Alfred I was at very, this point. Yeah, but still, I was like, what are, they, what are we doing if he's not dying? And then I was like, all right. You can't Uncle Ben just him. Just seriously wound him. But I was like, why'd you open the package, man? I'm like, I know, like, if not if not you, then it would have been Bruce. Also, but... you should have recognized the handwriting, I think, more importantly. Yeah, that, uh, a misjudgment, a, a poor call. But you know what? We all We all have bad days. All right, so the bulk of my notes are about the Riddler because, like, this is obviously the main storyline. It's the Riddler show. Yeah. So what you got? What do you have? Uh, well, just to start, uh, was excited. To get, I was excited about Paul Dano yeah. in this from the jump, and he did a great job, I thought. It was really spooky. Um, really. Really scary. Really scary, and also did, like, a really good job over the course of the movie of, like, showing you, like, he says as much as, like, when I put the mask on, like, I can be me, like, free of judgment. And, like, seeing him, like, outside of, like, his Riddler persona really, like, paints a full picture of, like, who this guy is. Who's, like, they never, they don't go too far into, like, this pastiche of, like, a terminally online, like, 4chan user who's just, like, a shut-in. But that's basically what he is. Like, he's streaming. And he even is, like, like, hey, guys, like, thanks for watching, basically. But they don't, they don't do it in a way where it's, like, all, like this is like ridiculous. It's like, Oh, this guy is like terrifyingly believable. Like uh, a serial killer. Who's like posting his threats and is enabled by people before it actually happens. Oh yeah. Like, especially like watching it right now in 2022, like one year after like the January 6th insurrection I was like, and then when they all 
like gear up and head towards the Capitol, I was like, this is too soon um, and too realistic. Yeah. Like it was very realistic. This um, is the most grounded part of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, just like he was an amazing villain. Like every time he's on screen, it's just he, he created like this really strong sense of dread. And I mean, like he was going to yeah. have rats eat that guy's face off. No, I was they like, did. Well, they did, but we didn't see it. I was like, that's like one of the dark, maybe the darkest thing we've ever seen in a Batman movie. For sure. Like that's the saw shit. Um, yeah. And, uh, they just, again, they're playing with this silence. Like when he is watching the mayor, like, and he's just there and you know, he's there and it's like so early in the movie. And I was just like, Oh God, I closed my eyes a couple of times during the movie, but I saw you kind of, I mean, it was like such, I mean, he is a serial killer and like, that's what they were doing. Like down to him being in the backseat of the car. I was like, dude, you always check the backseat of your car. Classic. We've all seen horror, like scary movies. That guy was wasted. Yeah. He shouldn't have been driving. He should have gotten a cab. All that could have been avoided, well, temporarily. The plot with the Riddler, again, like, see, like seeing this, like, plot before, but it didn't feel old. Like, I, I definitely feel like I've seen this exact thing play out where, like, they're trying to chase down the serial killer. He keeps leaving these clues, and they're always, like, too late. And yeah. I was trying to think of recently, like, what that was. It feels a little James Bondy, but there was, like, another movie that is in my brain as, or maybe it's a show. Like, I know they kind of do it with Psych. The TV show, but obviously it's not as dark, but... I don't know. Um, Nothing's really coming to mind for me right now. I just... I've definitely seen this play out sure. with the yeah, whole... Yeah, it's just, like, being one step ahead. Right, exactly. Um, but, I, th- I mean, I loved it. I think it's one of the most compelling story things to yeah. be... Well, chasing this. And it's, it's it, very different than other action superhero movies. Between that and, like, the fact that this was also, like, a different take on the Waynes, because, one, thank you, God, we didn't have to see them die again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, like, I was, like, worried that they were going to do that. Like, when they were kind of following his trail and his Wayne stuff, I was like, please, no. Um, but... We had this, like, limited view of the Waynes in the other movies. Um, like, we knew in the Nolan movies that, like, his dad was, like, a good guy. Like, we see him on screen. Um, he's definitely a good guy, Griff. Yeah, I'm not... Thomas Wayne's the best character. <laughs> How could I forget the coveted winner of Into the Superverse's best character in any movie ever hot take award, Thomas Wayne? Okay, Thomas Wayne, great guy. <laughs> Martha Wayne, not a character, but right. presumably good person. <laughs> but also, Thomas Wayne is a great guy, but we don't get a lot about Thomas Wayne besides he was rich, built a railroad, was loved by Gotham, hated probably by uh, Ra's al Ghul. But this is like such a unique take. Between all this stuff with Thomas, like running for mayor. And when they said the he was background. running for a mayor, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. I, I had a bad feeling because the good guys don't run for mayor. No. no. Except and for, I guess, Riel, Riel or whatever. Yeah. She seems fine. But um, that and all this stuff about, well, one, like mentioning the Arkhams as yeah, like the that family, was so the Arkhams. Great. I'm that's glad you not, brought that up. I forgot. And 
Martha having been in and out of institutions and like that being like covered up, like that's completely unique on film. I, this is, <clears throat> I don't know my Batman comics, but I did like read a bit of just like Reddit comments. And my understanding is that Matt Reeves pulled bits and pieces from a bunch of different ones from like the eighties through the two thousands. Sure. So like all this stuff about like uh, Thomas Wayne and Falcone and, yeah, my, like Martha being an Arkham and all that stuff comes from different, different places. Comics. And like the Selena and Falcone stuff, that's from like another comic that all got pulled in. I loved the Martha uh, Arkham thing. I thought that was so great. And then them being like, these are like the two founding families. families yeah. of. Um, I would love to see more of that. And for Bruce to remember his mom not always being around, like I would have loved to get a little flashback action. I mean, I guess we get a couple... I guess the only flashbacks we actually get are clips. Like they're not actually his memories. Yeah, we don't we don't see like a um, which I agree. Like I don't want to see their death again, but I do want to see that. I do, but story. I also like that it's like yeah, like we're relying on like other characters to tell us these things between like Riddler like setting up that projector and showing this stuff, but also like Falcone like telling that story about Thomas Wayne like operating on him and like yeah, Bruce being that there. Was a good- that was a really good story. I love that stuff. Um, and I, I still think that the Thomas Wayne in this is a good person. Um, I and believe like clearly went to measures he shouldn't have and, and had bad friends. Yeah. Um, no, I believe what Alfred was saying. Like yeah. he, he made a mistake and it was a hell of a mistake, but it was, it was a mistake. Yeah. But, uh, and they had a friendly enough relationship that they could, you know, make a deal like this. Right. Yeah. I just, that was like not really any background that I was expecting to get. And I thought that was really cool. Do you think that he did actually know that it was Bruce as Batman? That is the question. Cause he says like, I like, I want you to be in the mask. Like I want us to be masked. Like it doesn't matter who we are kind of underneath. There's something along those lines to make me believe that like kind of in the Joker way, like I don't want to know who you are. Like it's more fun this way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think, um, like my, my note on it was like, it just, I, I guess it just, this way. right. Like, does he like, I feel like he probably does cause he's smart enough, but I also don't know if he cares. Oh, I think he definitely cares because he definitely cares about Bruce Wayne. He does. Yeah. In the same way he cared about these other. So uh, I, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know. But the other people that he targeted were directly involved. And like Bruce Wayne is not directly involved. Like, and I get the like sins of the father thing. So my prediction during the movie, which I like was trying to whisper to Griffin was that I thought that we were going to be that the Riddler's father was going to be revealed. And my guess was at one point I thought it was Falco or um, Maroney actually. And then later I was like, I think it's the journalist that they are talking about because, and like, I think I gathered that he was probably an orphan too, but I was like, but maybe his dad was the um, journalist that got killed. And that's why he got sent to the orphanage. But one, I don't think the timing made sense with how they ended it. And then, he doesn't ever say that he's just like an orphan at that orphanage, but um, 
again, like, similar to the Catwoman, like, he didn't need to fit in so neatly with the plot, but I was just kind of thinking, like, this line of the sins of the father was going to come back. Yeah. I think um, what what the, it kind of served to me to show that, like, while the Riddler was clearly, like, very smart and had the capability of, like, setting up all of this stuff, like, deep down he was just, like, vengeful. And he was just kind of, like... Yeah. To a point, like, the other things, like, you could you could argue and, like, justify by being, like, these guys were involved in this scheme. But for Bruce, it's just, like, I'm lashing out because, like, I can't kill the person who is... Who I, who I believe to be truly responsible for this, so I'll just take the next best thing, which is you. And that kind of, like, breaks down a bit of, you know, like, his persona, I think, and, like, the way that he presents himself is so calculating. I'm like, no, you just, like, want revenge. And, like, that's what it is. Like, it's not... You're not making yourself, like... This is, like, a higher calling or, like... You're not being smart. You're just... You're talking about the Riddler? Yeah. I mean... Yes and no, I guess. I'm just thinking for the for the other things, it's like this whole like grand scheme, and he's like uncovering a plot. But right. For Bruce, it's just like I hate you because I hated your dad. Yeah. And like that's all it is. And like we, in my mind, we're like compadres, kind right. acquaintances, whatever. Yeah. And I, I that was crazy. Like, like I, we could have lived the same life. Well, yeah, and like the fact that he was genuinely like I thought we were working together. I loved that because one, just like the idea that. Batman was unknowingly assisting right. the Riddler with like murdering these people. And to him, like the notes were like helpful. Like I'm going to help you figure out what to do next. Yeah. And just that complete disconnect. Like I thought Riddler was like fucking with him when he said that, but then I was like, no, he like actually believed that they were partners. I think it would have been really interesting if we could have had one scene from the POV of, Riddler and seeing how he was seeing it as like, I'm going to help him. This is what he needs to know. Like that kind of thing. But um, that also would have probably made him like too sympathetic. And I didn't like want him to be sympathetic, but um, yeah. Um, But I mean, kind of thinking about his overall purpose. So this is something I heard when we were leaving the theater, this guy say like, he was kind of like, well, what was the point? Like, what was he trying to do with, like, this blood thing? And I was, like, thinking about that in the bathroom after because, you know, I didn't pee for three hours. Um, and I was kind of like, he had, like, this plan, I guess, but I don't know, like, to what end and, like, I, this whole flood thing. Which just, the whole flood thing felt very biblical. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've heard people talk about like him Bruce going into the water is like a baptism. Oh God. But, um, yeah, he's like literally parting the red sea. Cause there's like fire. Everywhere. Yeah. It's like, Oh my but God. But as, as far as the Riddler's plan, I feel like it kind of just devolved into mass murder. Yeah. I mean, I know, but like, but it yeah, seemed like it, there was this plan with like the buses, but he also knew he was going to get caught. So like, I don't know. Just, like, taking over, and I guess, like, the flood just, like, gave them an opportunity. Was, yeah. I, I feel like it was just, like, incite chaos. And, yeah. like, that's pretty much it. Okay, that's Which, fine. to me, that, like, fits, like, again, like, with the thing about going after Bruce. It's, like, he makes it seem like there's this, like, grand scheme and, like, exposing the corruption in Gotham, which you could kind of say, like, you know, if this, if the plot gets out. But at the end of the day, it's just, like, you're just killing people. And it's not really to, like, any particularly like noble end <laughs> any other riddler thoughts 
before we move on to the big bad bat? Hmm. Um. Honestly, I don't think so. Um. I just uh, was very unnerved by Paul Dano, and uh, especially when he was uh, singing Ave Maria and kind of just like doing this weird thing where he was like screaming, but his face didn't look like he was screaming. I was like, I don't, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, even his like last conversation with the, the, the ge- Arkham. Uh, unseen Arkham inmate. In of- me. <laughs> um, was very, like he's like doing these like weird moany things. Like, I'm worried about Paul Dano. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. He just wanted a slice of pumpkin pie. <laughs> he's been, um, you know in my heart and mind since Little Miss Sunshine and uh, has continued a successful career since then, I would say. I would, I would say so. You know, apparently, like, in a lot of the movies that Paul Dano's in, he gets the shit beaten out of him, uh, which is at least true in There Will Be Blood. Um, and he's also in that movie Prisoners, where I think, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, like, he's beats him half to death or something. Stuff. So everyone was like how's this movie going to rank on like the Paul Dano gets the stuffing beat out of him scale. And then everyone's like, Paul Dano didn't get beat up in this movie. Like what is that all about? A guy dressed up as the riddle got beat up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, as a side note, I would love to see Paul Dano do like another comedy. Cause I think he's really funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm just scared for him doing all these dark roles. <laughs> Take a toll and How on well you. he does them. Yeah. <laughs> what is he like as a person? <laughs> I, I truly, he, I mean. I don't know if I've ever seen him do an interview. His face tells me he'd just be a nice guy. Yeah, I But think you never so. know. He has like this look in this one that um, Stanley Tucci has in The Lovely Bones that oh. really just. The serial killer which look. I haven't even seen that movie. I read the book and I am just so spooked even by the look of it. Man, he's almost 40 years old. Also, notably, we didn't see his face in the trailer at all. Yeah. I mean, you barely even see it in this. It's in the last quarter of the movie. Yeah, but, but I, I like that they did that. Just helped with the mystery. Yeah. How much had you figured out, if anything? I, I hadn't figured out like, anything. But, like, I wasn't really trying to. Like every time that like they would do like a riddle or like talk about the rat, I like thought about it for a bit. Didn't um, get a single riddle. I personally, no, but like personally. I wasn't in the right mindset. I was just kind of like watching, not really thinking. Yeah, you don't. You yeah. Didn't, I'm not that. We kind watched, of, um, death on the Nile and you weren't once thinking about who did the murder. I, yeah. I don't know what that says about me as a person or my brain. But I I'm, always want I'm to not figure trying it out before to, the movie. I'm not trying to solve it when I'm watching it. I just, that's just not how my brain works when I but watch a movie. I did not. I didn't even get close. I had guesses. I, I had a couple thoughts on like the rat, but it, it, it's, like I said, there were so many moving parts to this plot that I was like, it could be someone that we haven't even met yet. Like I can't, yeah. I can't guess this. I was kind. I guess I was kind of leaning towards Penguin, but I was in a way that he wouldn't have been found out, like somehow. But um, I mean, by the time I was like 
catching up to Falcone, they were like I was in step with them. Yeah, with the what the movie was telling us, but. I had a couple of guesses that didn't pan out, unfortunately. Like what? Well, like that I thought maybe Catwoman was the rat and that the the reporter thing was going to come back. Yeah. Um, just stuff like that. Um, I At one point I was like, what are we supposed to think of the mayor? The mayor-elect. Oh, Miguel. yeah. Um, and I th- when we saw the trailer... I actually thought she was kind of like a, a Miss Tate. I was like, oh, we're supposed to think she's like a good, the good person, and then she's going to flip it. But I, I like that she was just like a solid person. Yeah. She wasn't too much of a character. but No. I mean, I kind of like had a, I feel like a healthy distrust of anyone that runs for political office exactly. in Gotham. Like you said, the good guy doesn't run for mayor. But I was mostly just like, don't get yourself killed. And she almost did, but not quite. But, like, when Bruce kept going back to Falcone, he has, like, what, three conversations with him, and each time he gets a little bit more information, I wasn't questioning it enough. When Like, same with Bruce. Like, okay, you're telling me my father did all this stuff. And right. Then, oh, of course Which it was, was Maroney. And, like, and then when we get the real story from Andy Serkis, I was like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Normally I'm much more, like... It's just ahead of like, the game with movies. Like I everyone think. taking this mob guy at face value, even though it's like he has no incentive to be telling the truth right now. But the way it's presented to right. you is like, yeah, of course. But I enjoyed being stuck. Like I enjoyed that I hadn't figured it out because it, it was. It puts you exciting. in the same place as them. Exactly, like everyone's exactly. confused. And it was it was good. It wasn't like so like oh my god we couldn't have seen that coming. It was just like it was well constructed. And like you were saying, there was a lot of moving parts. Yeah. And, like, the, the URL thing, like, that's sneaky. That was really sneaky. Oh, yeah. Also, like, how could I forget, like, one of my other laughing moments was the thumb drive pun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Gordon being like, oh, this guy's hilarious. That Jeffrey Wright sense of humor. The big bad bat. The big bad bat. Uh, Battinson himself, as they say. Big bat brat Bruce. Big bat Bruce bat. Big bad Bruce bat. Say that five times fast. Big bad Bruce Bat. Big bad Bruce Bat. That's all I'm going to do. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I mean, we've talked about him a decent amount already, but like... Yeah, I don't have too much more. Like two thumbs up. I had two thumbs up. Actually, I had it next to Gadgets because I know you said like he's kind of not really into the Gadgets. But he had good Gadgets. That was part of my note. Like the ones that he had were good. I liked how they were used in the... I liked his wingsuit. Yes. Um... And I mostly like the thing on the chest. Yeah. I just, because you see it the whole movie, but you think it's just part of the costume, right. and then he uses it. So cool. Love it. Um, one thing that I liked was, like, the wingsuit was, like, the most, like, comic booky thing he does, is jump off a building wearing the wingsuit. Um, and a couple things that were interesting about that were, I didn't actually catch this this first one. When he's standing on the side of the building, he's, like, well, one, he's, like, terrified. And I think he, like, screams a little bit when he jumps off. Um, which, obviously, is not something that we see from Bale's Batman because he is frequently on high ledges and jumping off things and just doing whatever with apparently no sense of fear. But uh, this was clearly a moment that took a lot of chutzpah. And uh, when he fails to uh, put out his parachute in the right way... <laughs> That hurt. That hurt my soul. 
Oh, I like audibly had a reaction to it in the theater. Because it was like kind of funny because it was like, oh yeah, like this, someone on Reddit interpreted it as like, this was like the one time that this Batman did something like comic book show offy and it like blew up in his face. Not really. Cause he survived it. I mean, Christian Bale does shit like that throughout the whole series. He like jumps a, off a building into a helicopter or whatever. But like failing. No, he that's, doesn't fail. I meant the failing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he does like a Christian Bale move by jumping off a building with a wingsuit, but Christian Bale would like, you know, oh, land I on the ground and saying, like, this get, is the first time he did something big. And he failed. I didn't know you were saying that this is the, the one failing time it, was the big thing. in this movie. He does something like that one time and he I eats gotcha, shit I gotcha, I gotcha. and it's hilarious. Yeah, it was almost good. It was. I mean, it was, he had it, that was little parachute it was, thing. it was pretty good. Like, you no, know, it was horrifying, ju- but you know, he jumped off a skyscraper like that and didn't die. So it's success, but the level of success, you know, he's got to practice. I also like that he had to do something. He had to like fix it, the suit. Yeah. That was really cool. Before jumping. Cause I was like, he what is he just, doing? Like, Cause I mean, in all honesty, the Christian Bale one, he just is able to do that. And like, that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. But no, he had the full squirrel suit. Um, I mean, I think the costume is really good. It is a little bulky, but like makes sense for like what he's carrying, especially knowing he has that. But when he's, like, standing still, which is a lot, like, especially in the police rooms, he looks so silly, like, in the cape. Like, and I've never felt like that with, like, the Christian Bale one. Like, it's just so long and, like, darker than, like, the suit. Like, it just feels silly. No, I... I, And I I, don't know if that was intentional. I think it is a little bit because, like, he's, he's just, like, this weird guy. He's in a bat suit. And so, like, when, yeah, he's standing there, and it's just, like, everyone else here is, like, dressed in their police attire, doing their jobs, and, like, here's this guy, like, cosplaying as a superhero, basically. And it's, like, on Halloween, so it's just, like, yeah, like, this guy's just, Favorite like... Favorite night of the year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it is, it gives you, like, this insight, like, it's inherently goofy for anyone to be wearing a superhero costume when no one around them is wearing a superhero costume. But, yeah, the other Batman movies they make you see Batman is like, like no one says anything and he doesn't. Yeah. It, well, you see, I him think it's intentional head on a lot. We saw a lot of Robert Pattinson from behind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like if we ever really see Christian Bale from behind. Like Not really. That. I, I do think it's totally on purpose. Like we, we barely see, um, Robert Pattinson's face. Like he's so rarely Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, but I also heard, I was picking up some stuff from the theater. One guy was like, we probably saw Robin Pattinson like 90, like 90% of that movie. I, like he I heard was that in too. So much. And like, that's true. Yeah, he had a lot of screen time. Um, but I guess that's probably true for Christian Bale stuff too. Yeah. But Except like, I get what they were saying and it's like, it's mostly him as Batman. Like you're just yeah. saying, like it's not a lot of Bruce. I did like in the scene where, uh, he's talking to Alfred when he's doing the cipher, he puts those glasses on and I guess that's because, like, he's probably, like, sensitive to sunlight. Yeah, Which I thought was... Because I saw, like, a promo. It was in, like, a trailer or a promo picture of him. And I was like, what are these sunglasses? Like, what is this fashion well, choice? Well, I, I also wonder, because they were about to see the bankers, he doesn't want people really looking at his eyes that much because um, that's, like, yeah, also that, his Batman yeah, thing. Yeah. 
Um, which I do think putting the black makeup, which when we were seeing those trailers, I was like, that was the part that I was like most uneasy. About. I was like, what's with this like black stuff? Like, why are we doing this? But it actually makes a lot of sense to have it under the mask. So it's like, you really just see the eyeballs. I think one of the other, was it like Michael Keaton might've done that in like the first movie. Like you see him like, or it's like, you can tell that he has it when he's wearing the mask. When he takes it off, it's not there. Yeah, I don't think you see it. So I feel like this is cool because it's like, yeah, whenever he takes the mask off, like he looks like shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. How could you not? Also, his like Bruce Wayne outfits were so funny to me. I felt like he was dressed like a <laughs> like Eminem in like the two thousands, like this big in black, black t shirt, like yeah. these really baggy pants. Yes. I was just like, I want to be comfy if I'm wearing the bat suit like most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Fashion icon. Streetwear icon, well, Bruce he Wayne. Just, he's rejecting Brucey. Yeah. So did you want to talk about like the last bit of the movie? Or like the acts? Yeah. Um, so like the I feel like the big like character turn for Batman is like for most of this movie, he's like, I'm vengeance and his whole is that a thing from the comics him saying i'm vengeance i think so i think he has a couple of things like that like i, I am the knight and so, mm -hmm. so like the early the the batman incarnation that we see here is very much like like i am the shadows like criminals fear me and like i'm like this force of like you know i keep people in line like through fear and like by the end of this movie he realizes that like that's not one that's not healthy Two, there's, like, better ways to help Gotham than, like... Also, like, everyone's scared of me. Right, that civilian who he saves is, like, don't beat me up. And I feel like that's, like, uh... Yikes. Like, you know, this isn't the Batman to be, like, don't worry. Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. But, like, he doesn't want people to think I'm about it like that. here to save you. Yeah. Because <laughs> he doesn't see himself as a hero. No. But, you know, by by the end of this, he realizes that there's there's opportunities. And also... Well, I mean, the whole thing about, like, the the Riddler and his followers clearly, like, admiring him and, like, th like kind of doing like, these copycats, which are, like, very real, like, copycat killers, that, like, very much puts it into perspective, too. Like, what he's, he doesn't, yeah, I know he doesn't think of himself as a hero, but I think he, he thinks, you know, if, if someone's going to follow in his footsteps, they're going to be doing it, they're going to have, like, the same moral compass that he does, because that's, like, his idea of justice, but what he's really doing is like giving people agency to like go enact their sense of justice. Right. Anyone can be a vigilante. Yeah. And the Riddlers is a bit more fucked than his. So when that guy is like, I'm vengeance, that really like flips the switch. No, I really liked that. And that's the same guy he saw in the church earlier who thinks he recognizes him. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the whole thing, um, Did like, you know that? I actually like, I'm that, I just processed that. The guy that's trying to, like, break through the police line? Well, he... No, he's, like, in the pew, and he's, like, sitting next to Bruce, and he's, like, man, these these rich people, oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and he's, yeah, like, do yeah. I know you? And then, like, they get interrupted. Do you think that other guy was one, too, though? Oh, yeah, but, like, that guy at that the guy, end is the is guy. I'm, I'm almost certain. I didn't recognize him with his fucked up face. I'm, like, 90% sure probably, it's the that's, same guy. That's really cool. Because I think the whole thing is, like, I know you as Batman. Like, he's the first person that recognizes Bruce Wayne as, like, like can see it in his eyes that he's Batman. Yeah. 
Because I think he's like probably a criminal on the street and yeah. has like run into. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, that was my guess from the pew scene, and then when he came back at the end, I was like, I think he definitely yeah. knows. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? No, no, no. Um, I think I was just going to compare to like that scene in the Dark Knight where there's this the fake Batman that pop up in the parking garage in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah. And that's like those guys are like Batman copycats and they're like out there with guns and stuff. But that's kind of like played as like a joke. Like Batman's here, he's gonna like Uh like, it's not because one gets like I know, but like it's not they're not approaching like the copycat they're also in the same like way. Emulating right. Batman. They're, so it's a little different. Yeah. But I feel like the the real consequence of that is like these guys are probably just out like shooting criminals and like that's maybe he's caught them this time but like there's other people out there doing that and that movie doesn't that's not what they were doing they didn't like confront that this is a bit more extreme yeah it's not someone else dressed up as batman but it is someone like adopting like there wasn't anything like that in gotham until batman showed up and that's like what opens the floodgates the floodgates not not intended uh, Do you think one, we needed the flood to end the movie? No, and I, I think a lot of people don't like it. It didn't bother me, but I was like, this is, like, a lot. I I mean, I understand they had to, like, raise the stakes of, like, what was happening, I guess, but um, I don't know. It just it felt like something that should have been, like, Chekhov's gun earlier, like yeah. something about the seawall or something. I feel like they could have just, like, tried to assassinate Rial and that be, like, yeah. the plot, but... Um, like they could have just like, yeah, she could have just been having her rally there and they went like, I don't, I don't know know why we knew the flood happening. Something that like for whatever, I don't know why, but it must've been like the way it was shot when they were doing like the vans, like blowing up on the seawall. I was like, has this like not happened yet? I was like, are we getting a thing like where they're like looking at the map and being like, this is what's going to yes, happen if we don't stop it? I thought that it? too, and that they were showing it. Yeah. Yes. And then it was like, psych, it hasn't happened yet, and they're going to stop it. And then I was like, yeah. oh no. But like, I, I was conv- always been behind. I was convinced that it was like, oh, I they finally found it. it out. I kept waiting for them to, because they do that with in reverse with Andy Serkis. We're seeing the phone ringing yeah. and stuff, and that's after the yeah. explosion happened, which that was a really clever uh, timing thing. Yeah, it was. That was really good. So maybe that like also played yeah. into like, oh, they're, I was they're the tricking us again. Same thing. And then like when the explosion started going off, I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I, I get why people didn't like it. Cause I guess I, I think some people think it's like a, the big epic, like shoehorned in finale. I will agree that the flood itself was like, we could have done with it. Kind of came that. out of nowhere. I guess. Yeah. Like that that was even a possibility, but Yeah. It, but also like it didn't I, t- I didn't it didn't bother me while we were watching. It's only like now in hindsight I'm thinking about it. Some people more well versed in Batman apparently say that's like a very common thing. Okay. Is like apparently they even had like an episode of the sixties TV show where someone flooded Gotham by blowing up the seawall. So it's like a, a classic Batman villain bit. Yeah, which, that's fine then. It didn't take me out of it though. I was no, just like, no, oh, no. like this is the scheme. Whatever. A little bit at the very end when he's like carrying those people. Like I didn't need that scene. No. That was kind of unnecessary. Yeah. I get that he it was like again like they're scared of him thing, but I was like, this is a bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. I get what he was trying to do though. And I I I, I do think it worked with just showing 
like how Batman doesn't have to just be like a source of fear. He can be like helpful. And he's like, I guess it's also intentional that he's like out there in the daylight, like helping medevac those people. Like he's, he's on the roof in broad daylight and he's like, yeah, he's helping people right. like on like, get yeah, but that's away, a little bit after. I mean like that literally that in, him in the water, swimming through the water with like the flare. Yeah. That was a little weird, but um, yeah, I get what they're going for. Fine. But <laughs> It wasn't a huge, yeah. Thing. To me, like I, I understand people's criticisms, but not once when I was watching it was I like, oh, this is really falling apart at the end here for me. What do you think your favorite scene was from the movie? Hmm. Damn. That's that's a toughie. I mean, I could just say, like, the car chase, but that that you can is, say like, that. but it's a really good action scene, but I feel like I'm going to say it because I could just, like, go back and forth on other stuff, but it's either that or, like, the whole thing with um, Selena going to try and assassinate Falcone and Batman, mm. like, fighting through the club and turning That's the lights really off and stuff. That's a really good scene, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my favorite scene is, like, him in the... When he wakes up in the police station to him, like, leaving. Oh, yeah. I do think that's a good scene. That one's good. And yeah, even his really uh, bad landing... Um, I mean, that, that, you know, that's part of the charm of that whole thing. But cinematically, one of my favorite things that they do in this movie, and you kind of mentioned this, is like the with the club, they show people walking down that hallway and getting that elevator so many times, and it always looks the same. Obviously, like, they make the comparison with, like, Bruce and Batman, but, like, it's also Zoe Kravitz's character, and... I just, it's always, like, the same shot yep. and getting in the elevator and opening, like, always the same shot. And I think that that was really well done. Yeah, I love that. Loved, yeah, I loved all the club stuff. Yeah. Oh, so cool. I mean, yeah. I Someone, the same group of guys behind us, someone was like, yo, the cinematography was on point. And I was like, yes, it really was. I'm trying to think of, like, what some of my other, like, favorite shots were. I mean, um, like... Riddler beating up Coulson and like putting the bomb on is like all through the windshield. We can't really see what's going on. It's like all like blurry yeah. and watery and stuff. And um, the whole like scene where we're seeing stuff through the contact lens that Catwoman is wearing, like really awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. There's like a there's another shot that I really like that. Um, this isn't. I mean, it's a little cinematography, but they do the disappearing Batman thing a couple of times in yeah. this, but it's in a very different way, yeah. and it's very subtle. And actually, I just thought of it as like, oh, that's like the Batman disappearing thing now when I'm saying it. Yeah, because well, I noticed they had Gordon like turn around once, and he was yeah. gone. I was like, okay. They did it twice, Yeah, because they do it at the end, too. One thing that this is not... This is kind of like a Batman thing, um, like character thing that I didn't realize... Um, someone pointed out, like, we have a couple of references from various characters about, like, Bruce Wayne, like, being out of touch. And, you know, uh, Selena's like, you must have been born rich. Right. Like, you're yeah. talking about this. And when he's going through the evidence in the Riddler's apartment and he finds the murder weapon that he killed the mayor with and he doesn't know what it is. And that's the cop. The officer knows. Who's like, yeah, like, my cousin installs carpet. And it was just like, yeah, like Bruce Wayne does not know what, I don't know I what don't a carpet know what thing is, is yeah. but like, it makes sense that like, he's like a, like a blue collar fa like family of blue collar people, yeah. but they know. 
but Bruce Wayne's like, I don't right. know what this is. So Some it's the like, there's, there's like a disconnect here, which I thought was interesting because you get so many people like going on and on about like the white privileged people of Gotham, like right. being out of touch. Like he might know how it hit him and like the blood pattern or whatever, but he doesn't actually know what the weapon is. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was an interesting take. Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts before we end? Because we're getting close. Yeah, let's keep it under two hours. But, I mean, not really just beyond, like, I am, I'm really impressed with what they did with this movie. And I'm impressed that the studio allowed someone to make a Batman movie like this. I think that's really bold to be like, yep, like, we see your script and your vision and making this like a three hour, super dark, like not super action filled movie that's disconnected from the DC universe that we're building right now. Go nuts. I just think that's awesome. Yeah. I wonder where they'll go from here. Cause like we got the tease from the Joker, which I thought was two face when we were watching it, but it makes more sense. Obviously that's the Joker. I hope they do another movie that doesn't have the Joker. Cause like there's so many other villains that we could do yeah we're gonna get scarecrow like i want to there's there's like ones that haven't been in movies yet um and i know that there's one i think he's like a villain maybe anti-hero named hush that people really like and there was like an easter egg for him in this so some people are thinking about that the director is also like i know he was in batman robin he's like interested in doing mr freeze i'm like i don't know how you do mr freeze in this universe. Well, it would be like Penguin. It's just like a nickname for some other reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they've obviously left the door open for other stuff. I don't know if every movie needs to be like the three hours now that they've introduced the story. I, yeah. But I hope they continue with like detective. Like there's a through line mystery that he's trying to solve throughout um i think i like that the movie is like anchored in that kind of story yeah i hope that's the they they kind of keep that similar theme and i feel like they could definitely do a lot with arkham yeah the arkham family arkham asylum right they've set the scene for a lot of possible yeah and i'm sure there's like so much things shrouded in mystery there Yeah, yeah i think that'll be exciting i'm excited have they announced any other what oh you said the two shows the shows but nothing formally for a sequel but it's yeah. certainly going to get a sequel. And how did the movie do opening? Well, we're actually not even into the opening weekend. Yeah, I haven't seen exact this. I It's doing well, as far as I can tell. It's yeah. It's got good well, word of compared mouth Compared to Spider-Man, I guess. It's not, not going to make as much as Spider-Man, but like Spider-Man's almost like at a billion dollars Yeah. during during COVID. So. Well, the well, Batman's also during COVID. Yeah, and I guess it's like a better time now. It's a month compared later, to when. Yeah. yeah, so two months later. We'll see. Three months later. Let's say, let's say two. It's closer to two. Either way. All right. Well, send us your thoughts. Yeah. Let us know if you enjoyed. If you share our thoughts. If you've got any hot takes for us. Um, what did we miss? Yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of things that we forgot to talk about. It was a lot of movie, <laughs> and. We are not taking notes in the theater, so excuse us if we missed your favorite part. We are out, out of, of the, the Superverse. Super.